Hi, my name is Andrew Nippert, and I'm the youth and children's pastor at Third Baptist Church in Marion, Illinois. Our youth group, Thrive, meets weekly on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Sunday nights is a high-energy gathering where we play games, sing songs, and study the Bible. Wednesday nights are our going deeper night where we spend the bulk of our time in small groups, building relationships with one another as we all attempt to understand God and genuinely follow Him together. What you're about to hear is a recording from our Sunday night gathering. You'll notice it is highly interactive. We'd love to have you join us in person every Sunday night. But in case you can't, we hope you enjoy this recording and that it helps you grow closer to God. If you have any questions about what you hear or would like more information about our church or youth group, feel free to contact us at tbmyouth at gmail.com. We hope you enjoy the podcast and that it helps you take the next step in your faith journey. Anyone worried about anything tonight? <laughs> All right, Carter, what are you worried about tonight? That you don't run into a wall tonight. Do you do you do that on a on a regular basis? You 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 run run into a wall. Everyone around them going like, yeah yeah, that happens. All right, Peyton, what are you worried about tonight? Oh, okay, okay. And you decided to come to our event. Yeah, hey, there we, I like that. I like that attitude. I like that. Good, good deal. Good deal. Yeah. Um, okay, good. How about like the next next like month or so out, or maybe like next two or three months? What's something that you are worried about. Yeah, Maddie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> maybe 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 all emotional again. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jade. Okay. Okay. State wrestling, girls regional. <sighs> yeah, man. That's I would be worried about that. Like I've seen some of those girls wrestle. I've seen you wrestle. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get into that. That'd be that'd be intense. Yeah. Sarah. Uh, that, and that's that's a real worry. You know, that's 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 a that's a real worry. Like like it's it's all funny for Carter to say worried about running into a wall tonight, but like there are real things out there in life coming at us. Like you're worried about your your little foster brother, uh, and and what his future is going to look like because of the bad decisions his parents have made and maybe are making now. That's that's good. Any anyone else want to share some of the next couple months that you're really worried about? Good. Okay. What's something uh, in the next couple of months that you're like excited about that you're really looking forward to? Yeah, Maddie. You're moving. Okay, so she's excited about, about that. Okay, Ryan, what you got? Spring break and crossing, summer camp. Yep, that's good. That's good. I like it. You're looking forward to that. You're, you're excited about it. Good deal. Yeah, Joe. Zombie dodgeball tonight. I mean, there was. I was, I was waiting for someone to, to bring that up. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, Caleb. Tennis. Okay, when's your next uh, tennis match? Okay, all right. You're just looking forward to the season as it, as it comes up. Yeah, Gage. Was that? Going to Texas or moving to Texas? Going. Okay, so you're going to go visit? Okay, good deal. What's in Texas? Just just family? Okay, cool, cool. I like it. I've, I've never been to Texas, and it's one of my, like, goals in life. Like, I, I consider myself an honorary Texan. Um, like, uh, do you guys know that Texas – well, no, I can't I, – I, uh, Texas is just awesome. I don't know. We're not going to talk about that right now. Maddie. Going high with this summer. <laughs> okay, I like that. I'm excited about that, too. But, you know. I'm excited um, that there's someone who I'm going to get to baptize in about a week uh, from, from today that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. So that's, that's, where, that's where I'm, I'm looking forward to right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one, Alyssa. Soccer. Soccer season's coming up. Good, good. Okay. So you guys get this. There are things coming up down the road that we worry about, right? 
that are things like looming over us that if we really let ourselves think about it too much, it probably gets us down a little bit, right? And anyone be willing to say you've got something like that in your life that's coming up that you're, like, worried about coming at you? Hey, who, who's there tonight worried about something coming down the line? Okay, okay, a couple of you are being honest. Good, good. And then we also have things that we're excited about coming down the line, right, that we're looking forward to. Um, I, I, I love – I always have, like, something that I'm looking forward to, like my next big thing that, that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, like tomorrow, what I'm not looking forward to is I'm driving for – like 10 hours up to Iowa because uh, we're going to look at a house that we're potentially going to buy. So like I'm excited about that, but I'm also like not excited about the drive there and back. But uh, that's that's another story. We all have these things we look forward to that we're like, I'm worried about this thing. I don't like this thing that's coming. And then we also have things that we're looking forward to that we're like excited about that, that we're looking forward to that get our hopes up. Uh, th these are normal parts of life. So in here, uh, we're doing we're doing a series. We're doing a three-week series. Stephen, can we get that PowerPoint up on the screen uh, as we as we get started tonight? We're doing this series, and what's our what's our our series all about? Look at that, Faitho family. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, no, we're we're reading we're reading from the Bible, and we've we've entitled this "Growing Up at TBC." Growing up at TBC. And why, why have we called it that? Well, it comes from this verse in 1 Corinthians that I'm going to read to you right now. Paul is writing to Christians at this church in Corinth, and, and this is what he says. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Anyone ever experienced that? Like, were you a child and you spoke like a child at some point? Okay, we all get this. I have children at home uh, right now. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old, and I have a uh, almost one-year-old. Um, the almost one-year-old this afternoon laid him down for his nap, and, and literally all he did for like 15 minutes straight was, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, he did, just made that noise, which is better than like crying for 15. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> That's it right there. Yep. <laughs> Now imagine that for like 15 minutes straight when he's supposed to be sleeping. And you're like, okay, come on, kid. At least you're happy. So Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. Perfect. Perfect. Couldn't have asked for better. All right. I thought like a child. Okay. My three-year-old thinks like a three-year-old thinks. Okay. She, she likes to put things in the right order. Uh, and uh, he says, I reasoned like a child. My, my three-year-old likes to reason like a child. Uh, what, did, what did she do? Um, oh, so like at bedtime, she doesn't want to go to bed. Like she absolutely hates the idea of going to bed. So at nighttime, we lay her down and, and it's always like a series of things that happen in a row. She'll come out of her room and you're like, why are you out of your room? And she'll say, I I, I can't find my, uh, my favorite animal. Her favorite animal's different, you know, from, from time to time. And uh, it's like, it's already in her bedroom, but she just can't find it. She's like, I can't find it. So you can't, she can't go to sleep until she has her favorite animal. And then it's like, she comes about a couple minutes later, and they're like, okay, why are you out of your room? She's like, well, I need my water bottle. And I'm like, okay. So we find her water bottle, and, to put it, and then she goes back to bed. And then she comes back out, and she goes, I have to go potty. And I'm like, just go to bed already, right? Like, it's, she reasons like a child. Everything has to be in the right order. And really, we all know what she's doing. She's delaying going to bed. She, but she reasons and speaks like a child, right? Then this is what he says. He says, when I became a man, I gave up childish ways, right? When my daughter is 16, I don't want to have a conversation with her 
uh, when she keeps coming out of room, I'm like, why are you out of the room? I need my water bottle. <laughs> like, why are you out of room? I have to go potty. I'm like, don't tell me that. You're like 16, right? Like, like we get it. You're supposed to grow up. You're supposed to change the way you think, the, the way you're, you interact with people as you grow up. Paul is writing to a bunch of Christians, and this is right at the beginning of the church experience on earth. Jesus was on earth. Followers followed him, and uh, he, he taught them, he trained them, he left them, he goes back to heaven to prepare a place for us, and he leaves us the Holy Spirit to start this thing called the church. So now you got all these people that are trying to follow Jesus, and they don't really know how to do it. They're trying to figure out, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a church person? They're trying to figure out all these things, and the whole of the New Testament is how they're being taught to follow Jesus. Paul writes this towards the end of that time. He says, okay, you've been given everything you need now to follow Jesus. You've got all the information you need. You've had all the training you could possibly need. Now you just have to actually go and do it. Most of you in this room, I know as a fact, have grown up either in church or around church. Most of you in this room. I have been here five years. Many of you have been here during that time. I know as a fact you have been given everything you need to grow as a follower of Jesus. You've been given everything you need to do what it is that he's asked you to do. If you're a guest with us tonight, and maybe I don't know you too well, I don't know your story. But I'll tell you this. This book right here is all you need to know how to follow Jesus. So you need this book and you need a good church to help you out. That's all you need. And Paul is saying, guys... You have everything you need. You've learned it all. You need to grow up and start acting like adults. Don't keep walking around talking like a child, reasoning like a child, acting like a child. Like, grow up. Be an adult. You've been given everything you need. And some of us have been a quote-unquote Christian for a long time. Some of us have been around church for a long time, but we're still acting like little kids pooping their diapers all the time. Stop pooping your diapers. Start acting like, a, like an adult who knows how to follow God. And this is, what, this is how he ends it. He says, so now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. So what is he saying there? Now, I'm taking the whole, like, first 13 chapters of Corinthians and boiling down to this. This is what he's saying, I, I believe. He's saying, you have everything you need. All you need to continue, all you need to grow are these three things. You need faith, you need hope, and you need love. Faith, hope, and love will see you through the end. You need something to grab onto, something you, to, to guide you as you continue being a follower of Jesus. This is it. This is all you need, faith, hope, and love. Guys, I, I'm, I'm not getting to be with you forever. God has a different plan for my life and a different plan for your life. What do I want to leave you with? What do I want to know that you guys know for sure before I leave? I want to know that you understand faith, hope, and love. And that you're acting like adults and doing them. I, I want to know that you guys have faith, have hope, and love, and treat each other that way. So that's what we're doing for these three weeks. And for those of you, maybe this is your first time with us at Youth Group, I'm sorry. You're just stepping in the middle of this uh, because it's epic roll night, so you need to just roll with it, okay? That's, that's, just, how, that's just how this is going to go. So uh, faith, hope, and love. Last week, what did we talk about, guys? 
faith. Yes, we talked about faith. So let's do a little review. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Mm, I love that verse. So good, right? You ever want to draw near to God? Have you ever had a moment in your life when you're like, man, God is just so far away. I wish I could get closer. I, I wish he and I were connected in some way. Or maybe you've had a moment in your life where you're like, I, I wonder if there's a God out there. I wonder if he really exists. And, and maybe you even went so far as to say, God, if you exist, would you show yourself to me? Would, would, would you give me an experience? Let me see you in some way. He's saying, if, if that's what you want, if you want to draw near to God, there are two things you have to believe. Two things. You have to have faith in these two things. That he exists, okay, kind of a foundational thought, like you got to believe he exists, that he's there, and that he rewards those who seek him. I told you guys last week, why am I in it? Why am I in this thing? Why do I follow Jesus? For the rewards. I'm in it for the rewards, guys. I want heaven. I want to know my life has value and meaning and purpose. That I'm a part of something greater and bigger than myself. I want to know that, that what I do here on planet Earth is going to mean something. You know how I find all that? In Jesus. That's the reward that I get. Yes, that was my phone, so I'm going to silence that sucker right there. If you haven't silenced your phone, this would be a good time to do it as well. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That was last week's lesson. If you missed it, you missed it. I don't have time to break that down all the way. Faith, what does it look like? What does it look like to live by faith? Someone help me out. Means we... Oh, come on, guys. You, you know this. We do... Yeah, we do what we know God wants you to do, and you trust him for how it will all turn out. You do what you know God wants you to do, and you trust him for how it all turn out. Let's all say that together. Let's sound like a cult together for just a minute here, and we're, gonna, we're just going to chant this together. Living by faith means we do what you know God wants you to do, and trust him for how it will all turn out. Let's try that one more time, and we'll say it actually the way it's written up there. Doing what you know God wants you to do and trusting him for how it will all turn out. Guys, that's just a very dumbed-down version of what it means to live by faith. It means to say, God, I believe you're there. I believe you're going to take care of this. I know you've asked me to do this, so I'm just going to do it. I know you've asked me not to do this, so I'm not going to do it. And I know you've asked me to do this, so I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust you for how it all turns out. And my, my wife stepped out of the room, so I'll brag on her for a second here, okay? Um, this is going to be hard sometimes in your life. This is going to be really hard. For my wife, it, it, it looked like this. When she was in high school, her, uh, s her senior year, okay, they had just done National Honors Society induction, okay? So everyone had just, just gotten in National Honors Society, and uh, they were in a, a science class together. Um, and I may be messing up some of the details here. My wife's not here to correct me, so it's okay. Um, they were in a science class together. It was a really, really big test that came through. And it was one of those classes where the teacher was just absolutely awful. Anyone have that, that experience where you're like, the teacher never teaches you anything, and then all of a sudden there's a test, and you're like, oh, my goodness, like, what, what do we do with it, right? So that's the situation they're in. Her whole class, she's in an honors class, like an AP class. So everyone in the class with her, they're all in National Honor Society together and, and, and doing stuff. My wife's brilliant, so she's, she just is doing all that stuff. I'm in, like, the regular classes. I'm, I'm not in the honors AP classes. She's doing that. Um, and, uh, and 
the teacher passes out the test, and there's the collective, like, ugh, like, sound, you know, throughout the room, and they're all like, we don't know, like, anything on here. And then the teacher had, like, like an office that was, like, connected to the room. The teacher got up and walked out of the room and, and into, into her, her little office, which was out of sight of her desk. And somebody got up and went to the front of the room to sharpen their pencil, right? And happened to see the answer sheet sitting on the desk. So what do you think they did? <laughs> they passed it around the room, right? And everybody went ahead and, and, and cheated on the test except my wife and one other person. I know, right? right? Proud, proud my, that's my woman right there. So like a month later, like a month later, right? So she had a decision to make. She could either cheat with everybody else and fail and, and, and pass the test, or she could have integrity. She could choose not to cheat and fail the test because it was a ridiculous test that nobody knew the answers for, right? She had to make a decision. She made a decision to go ahead and, and take her best shot at, at the test. She didn't fail it, but she got like a barely passing grade. Like it was, it was absolutely awful. Um, and my wife's like the straight A student, so like for her to get a D like was just like, she couldn't handle that. Like it was just wasn't like there. It's like she barely passes the test um, and everybody else cheated and got flying, flying colors on it. Like a month later, okay? Like a month later, uh, someone let it slip to the teacher. Uh, and they, they, they figured out that everyone in, in the class had cheated ex except my wife. And uh, they, they, they brought her in, they asked her, and she's like, no, I, there was cheating, but I didn't cheat, and, and uh, that was the answer. So they actually brought her grade up, and they, they failed everybody else who had cheated on the test, and they kicked them all out of National Honor Society. Like, half of National Honor Society was kicked out, like, overnight, because they all cheated on this test. My wife made the decision to by faith do what she knew God wanted her to do and trust him for how it all turned out. And that was just a dumb little test. Like, that means nothing in the big scheme of life. Like, nothing. Like, she probably doesn't even remember anything she learned in that class. Or she didn't learn anything in that class. But she, she probably didn't, like, remember anything there. And she made a decision to follow God. She did what she knew she was asked to do by God, and it turned out good for her. Guys, that's just a little, little example. You get to make that decision every day. Are you going to follow God and trust him for how it turns out? Or are you going to do what you think is going to be best for you in the end? That's what it means to live by faith. And I just spent way too much time on that. This is supposed to be review, not supposed to be sermon time. Uh, so we're, let's, here we go. We're on to hope this week because it's faith. What's the next one? Oh, what's the last one? Love. <laughs> Family. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. What is it? W, w uh it, it's it's one of the radio stations around here. It does has that as their as their uh, thing. Okay, hope, hope. Here's where we are. Romans chapter 15. Is that your name too? The, does that does it keep throwing you off when I when I say hope like that? Yeah. Okay, Romans uh, 15. Let's read this together. Let's read this together. Paul is again writing. He's writing to Christians living in Rome now instead of Corinth. This, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. All right, someone tell me, what are these verses saying in your own words? God wants you to have hope. He wants to give you Hope. He wants you to uh, live a life of hope. 
Why? What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything at all? Well, let's, let's go ahead and define what hope is uh, for, for a second here. Hope is the confident expectation or joyful anticipation of what we believe will happen. Okay, now faith and hope go, go pretty close together. Okay, faith and hope are pretty close together. Hope is built off of faith. Josiah, you said earlier uh, tonight that you are excited about zombie dodgeball tonight, right? Would you say you have joyful anticipation of about zombie dodgeball? Like like a like a confident expectation, right? Because you believe you believe that we will actually play zombie dodgeball, right? Yeah, yeah, you're hoping that that we're going to play zombie dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. This is the idea. When you believe something to be true and it gets you excited, that is hope. That is hope. It's not the belief that is the hope. The hope comes because of the belief. So here's my question for you guys. I'm not, I don't want you to answer right now, but I would ask you to kind of focus in. I know we're getting close. We're almost done. Okay, I promise. We're almost done. Here's my question. Think about it for yourself. Don't say it out loud. Don't raise your hand. Don't tell anyone around you. Just think for yourself. What are you hopeful about? What are you hopeful about? What is the thing that you believe that is bringing you joyful anticipation? What is the thing that you believe to be true or believe that will happen that you can look forward to and be like, yeah, that, that gets me up in the morning. That makes me excited to live. Where, where do you find your source of hope? Because this is what I see when I look out. Like, I get to go to the Marion High School a lot. I've been to other high schools around here in town. I, I get out to Crab a lot. Um, I've been to Johnson City. I haven't been inside too much. I haven't been. I've been in the uh, the Shelley household. Uh, uh, I, I haven't been there during session. Um, but uh, I get in the schools, and this is what I see a lot of. I see a lot of people walking around without hope. Without hope. Most of the people in your school walk around not excited or joyfully anticipating a belief, a thing that they believe is coming, a thing they believe that, that, that will happen to them. That's different from saying, well, I hope that one day I'll find the one. No. Or I hope one day I'll have a car. Or I hope one day. That's, that's just like saying, like, I wish something to be true. I'm not talking about wishing, Right? Do you guys understand the difference? I'm not talking about when you're, you're just like, man, I wish something would happen. I wish my, you know, friends would, get, would stop being so mean to me. I wish they would stop gossiping about me. I wish, I wish, I wish. I'm not talking about wishing. I'm talking about hoping. Where you look around and go, man, I can't wait for this thing that I am sure of. I can't wait for this thing that I have confidence in. And I'll tell you why God wants you to have hope. God wants you to be able to go through life not depressed, not worried, not anxious, not scared. Like I know, I've talked to some of you, especially about the fact that my wife and I are leaving in a couple, in, in a month. Some of you are like depressed and scared and worried about it. Like, like, guys, I want you to have hope. And God says you can have hope. Why? Why can the Christian have hope? Why can a follower of God have hope? Well, let me, let me just boil it down to the, to these three things really fast for you, and I promise you we're almost, we're almost done. We're going to get out of here. Where does hope come from 
for the Christian. It comes from three things, all right? Um, and, and we're going to read just a couple verses together here. First of all, it comes from the fact that God is sovereign. Who knows what it means f- to be sovereign? Someone give me a definition of the word sovereign. Nobody? Was that Nevaeh? No? Not good. All right, someone Google it. The sovereign individual uh, had grace on his subjects. Yeah. All right, Carter's got Google here. Let's, let's let Google tell us what it means to be sovereign. A ruler, okay. Anyone else? What else does it say underneath that? Does it have more more definitions? Okay, here's the idea of sovereign. You're the top dog. Nothing can stop you. There is nothing outside of your control. You have authority over everything. Your will cannot be stopped. Okay, that's that's what it means to be sovereign. Actually, no. Um, the the president in the United States is not a sovereign. He's not a dictator. He does not have unlimited um, uh, authority and power because we have a uh, bicameral uh, um, uh, legislative body uh, and we have a three-headed government between the legislative, the judicial, and the executive branch. Okay, So there's actually a balance of power there. A, a complete sovereign would be someone who, hey, my word is law. I get to make the laws. I get to enforce the laws. I get to interpret the laws. Okay, it's all this guy, right? This youth group is basically a benevolent dictatorship, okay, because we're only going to do the things that I, I think it's good for us to do, right? So how God is sovereign. You know why he gets to have authority over everything and say everything? Because he made everything. If you made a piece of artwork, okay, how many of you have ever drawn a picture? Okay, <laughs> yeah. You get to decide what happens to that piece of paper. It's yours. It's your property. It's your masterpiece. It's your doodle. If you want to crumple it up and chuck it in the trash can, you're allowed to do that. You want to light it with a match or a magnifying glass in the sun, that's your That's your, your thing. You're allowed to do that because it is yours. You want to put it in a frame and hang it on a wall even though it looks like like a uh, like a little kid's crayon. Like, like You're allowed to do that. It's your thing. God as the creator, has total authority. So why can we have hope? Because God has all authority. Whatever he says is going to happen is going to happen. Nothing can stop God. Why can you have hope? Because nothing can stop God. But that may actually be a scary thought for you. The fact that nothing can stop God may actually be a scary thought to you. But that's why we need our second second reason uh, to have hope. Because God is good. Um, this, is, this is an absolute awesome verse uh, from the Old Testament. That's going to take me a second to get there. But all throughout the Bible, you see this uh, talked about over and over again, the goodness of God. And here's the thing. Here's why people don't like this idea and disagree that God is good. You know why people disagree that God is good? Because we like to define what is good. We like to say what is good. My daughter does this, okay? My daughter wants to roll out of bed and eat donuts all day, okay? She thinks that would be the greatest. She thinks that is what would be good for her. And I have to explain to her that that is actually not good for her. And the yogurt that I want her to eat for breakfast, and the protein that I want her to eat at lunchtime, and all the different things throughout the day that that we give her to eat, the the fruit, the veggies, the, the vitamins, They are what is good for her. She doesn't think they're good for her. She doesn't think they're good for her. She wants something else. We do the same thing with God. 
We say, God, I think I know what's good for me. He says, no. No, I, I actually know what's good for you. And, and he is the only true good in the Bible. This is, this is what Psalm 145 says. It's, it's just like my little girl when I look at her and I say, no, you, you don't even know what's good for you. This is, this is what he says in verse 9. The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he has made. If you believe that, if you believe that God is good, you should have hope for tomorrow. You should have hope for the next couple of months. You should have hope for whatever is coming at you if you believe that God is good. Finally is this, God cares for you. This is one of my all-time favorite verses. I don't even need to look it up because I know it. He says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Guys, I know I've lost some of you. Just give me like 30 seconds. Just come back for like 30 seconds. The creator of matter looks at you, tells you you matter, and says he has a plan, a purpose, and he's going to take care of you. If, there, if that doesn't bring hope to your life, I don't know what will. For God to say, I want to take care of you. I'm sovereign, I'm good, and I want to take care of you. Would you let me take care of you? That's, that's incredible. I don't know why he chooses to love us that way. We don't deserve that kind of love. We don't deserve that kind of care. But he offers it. He offers it to each one of us. He offers us the hope that comes from believing those things. If you believe those three elements, that God is, is in total control, he's the sovereign, he's the Lord, he's the king, he's the master, he's the boss, he's good, and he cares for you, I don't know how you could not have hope with that kind of belief. And I don't know what's coming at you in life. Maybe it's your parents. You know, my parents got divorced when I was a senior in high school. That was rough. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's your parents' marriage that's, that's the thing that's got you, you worried. I, I don't know if it's your friends. I don't know if it's your, your, your schooling. Maybe you, you haven't been able to figure out what you're going to do after high school. Maybe, maybe it's that special someone in your life. You're so worried about how, what they think of you. I don't, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that's got you down or, or might be depressing you. But God wants you to have hope for tomorrow. And the only place that you can find hope for sure in this life is right here. Everything else in life will disappoint you at some point. Everything else in your life will at some point disappoint you and break your hope. Everything will fail you. Everything. I'm sure I have failed some of you when, when I made my announcement that I was, I was moving. Some of you probably felt like I was betraying you or leaving you. I'm, I'm sorry. I really am. I, 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 that's not what I mean to do to you. I'm just trying to follow God's direction in my life. But you know what? Pastor Andrew might fail you. You know who won't fail you? God. God won't. Your parents, probably going to fail you. I married the most perfect woman in the world. She fails me. <laughs> okay? Like, and I fail her. <laughs> like, I fail her more than she fails me, that's for sure. Guys, the one thing that can never fail you is your creator. Are you willing to believe that? Do you have Hope. Don't raise your hand. Don't nod your head. Don't, like, just think. Think for a second. Do you actually wake up and have hope every day? What do you believe? 
Do you get your hope from your belief? If any of this has sparked something in you and you'd like to have a further conversation about what you are hoping in, what you actually believe in, guys, while we're out there bowling, doing, making some epic rolls, would you just come up and talk to me or talk to one of the other leaders there or talk to one of your friends that you see here? Because we'd love to talk to you more about how God can bring hope to your life. Thanks for paying attention. Let me pray, and then uh, I'll give you some instructions uh, before, before we head out here. Dear God, I thank you so much that you are sovereign. You are in control. Nothing can stop you. And I thank you so much that you are good, that you are always right. You are, you are good uh, even when I don't think you're good because I have the wrong definition of what is good. And I thank you that you care for each and every one of us, even when we don't deserve it. God, I, I know these are big thoughts. They're complicated thoughts. Please help us all to understand them, to believe them. We would have faith and hope in who you are, what you've called us to be and do. Please give us the wisdom to understand these things and the courage to live them out as we go through uh, this week. We love you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our message for this week. Just a reminder, except for during some holidays and special events, our youth group Thrive gathers every week on Sunday nights from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. and on Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Unless otherwise specified, our gatherings and events are for middle school and high school students in grades 6 through 12. We would always love to have you join us as we get together to learn what it truly means to thrive in this life by living the life that's found in Christ.